Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua officially welcome you guys and gals out to another uh, Purpose of Singleness course, uh, part four. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. I'm excited about this session. I really do believe that the points that I have about the realities of singleness will be a blessing for you. And for those who's been watching me live or been waiting for the live feed, I want to say thank you all so much for your patience. I um, just got back from spending some time with my nephew for his birthday. He's 12 years old, so I'm excited uh, <clears throat> for for what God has in store for his life as he goes into preteen and teenage years. So thank you all so much for your patience. Um, if you're watching this live right now, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as you can. And if you're watching this later on YouTube as you're coming in, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and get yourselves uh, uh, ready because we're going to have a lot of, of notes that's really going to help you process where you really are in the grand scheme of things. But I want to say thank you to everyone who's been watching, listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, <clears throat> who's been watching on YouTube. want to thank you all so much for your consistent uh, support. I want to welcome you all, but I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to get into the class. So I'm going to go into the live feed and just say hey to everyone. Uh, KL Visuals, how you doing? Oh, thank you for the happy birthday for my nephew. Jay Keaton, what's going on? Amanda Wingate, what's going on? Naturally Vet, what's going on? Hope you all doing something for those who's like, Coach, I did, or Josh, I, I'm just, this is my first time hearing about the Purpose Singleness course. It's a course that I started four weeks ago at the beginning of the year. Let me turn my light down. Not my real one, but this light right here. It's a course I started four weeks ago for those who are single or, or in unsure relationships. And it's my goal to help you make sense of your life and your singleness and to maximize it for God's optimal use. And so um, if you want to join this course, you can watch it free every Thursday or whenever it posts on YouTube, you can watch it whenever. But when it comes to um, the worksheets, when it comes to the activities, when it comes to the extra stuff that comes to this course, <clears throat> you can get all those things for free on lifework.teachable.com. Go there, register for the Purpose Singleness course, and you'll be able to get access to the syllabus and all the activities that we have done thus far. But with that being said, since I started a little bit late, let's get right into today's topic. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for your commitment. God gets the glory. I'm so glad to be able to serve you all. Blessings to you as well and to the wife, Miss Ezzy. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> but for those who got their worksheets, let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about um, the realities of singleness. Right now we're transitioning from the purpose of singleness into the problems of singleness. And we have about 18 to 20 themes or topics that I consider are problems within singleness or the problems people have with singleness or while single. And uh, the first one we're going to be talking about today is self-deception. So for those who got their work, she's going to get it out and we're going to go point by point because I have a lot of points like I normally do. I also want to open it up for a Q&A after this session, but let's get right into it. The main thought for tonight, the main thought for tonight's session is this, <clears throat> excuse me, the worst person to lie to is you. The main thought for today's course or lecture is the worst person to lie to is you. You help yourself by being honest with yourself. Self-deception leads to self-sabotage. My main thought for this evening is this. The worst person to lie to is you. You help yourself by being honest with yourself. <clears throat> Self-deception leads to self-sabotage. Let's look at the definition of self-deception I got off. I should have put the website here. Please forgive me. But I got a great definition uh, from an from a online source that kind of breaks down what self-deception is. Again, for those who are just coming in, the main thought 
for tonight's session is this, that the worst person to lie to is you. You help yourself by being honest with yourself. Self-deception leads to self-sabotage. Let's keep going. But before I get in, let me read a scripture that's the main, the main text for this evening. It's going to be coming from John 8, 31 through 38, the Bible reads. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them saying, truly, truly, I say to you. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offsprings of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. But we'll break down more scripture a little bit later, but we're going to get right into some more points here. The definition of self-deception, and we'll break down this text a little bit later. Self-deception is the process of denying or rationalizing away the relevant significance or importance of opposing evidence or logical argument. Self-deception involves convincing oneself of a true, a truth or a lack of truth so that one does not reveal any self-knowledge of the deception. Let's break down this definition and let's see what it really saying. Self-deception is the process of denying or trying to rationalize away the relevance, significance, <clears throat> or importance of opposing evidence or logical argument. Meaning, as so many people right now, the reason why they are where they are is because they're lying to themselves. They are allowing uh, uh, self-deception that they have a, that they have rationalized to rationalize against reason. There are certain truths in front of your face right now that's screaming to you on why you are where you are. But based upon the uh, uh, um, ignorance being bliss or based upon not wanting to face the reality, many people begin to formulate reasons why they are where they are without being who they need to be to be successful. And so what happens to most people, they get so consumed with, with what they believe is true versus the truth that's in front of them. Let's break this definition down one more time. It says self-deception is the process of denying or rationalizing away the relevance, significance, or importance of opposing evidence or argument, meaning you have evidence that are significant, that are logical, that are important, that are relevant, that you're trying to deny into making it to making uh what you're going through reasonable self-deception involves convincing oneself of a truth or a lack of truth so that one does not reveal <clears throat> excuse me so that one does not reveal any self-knowledge of the deception let's keep going for time's sake let's get to the problem the problem is this many singles are where they are today not because of god or because of satan but because of themselves Many singles or people are where they are today, not because of God, not because of the devil, but because of themselves. Many are wasting their singleness, living a lie instead of allowing the truth to set them free. Let's read that again. Many singles are where they are today, not because of God or the devil, but because of themselves. Many are wasting their singleness, living a lie 
instead of allowing the truth to set them free. What that means is that there are many people right now in La La Land believing that, oh, I'm single because not God's timing, or I'm single because the devil's involved. But in all actuality, if you look in the mirror, it possibly could be that you're single because of you. Many people are where they are, not because of God, not because of the devil, but because of themselves. Why are you where you are? Could it be that possibly you're living a lie? Could it be that possibly you believe something to be the reason or the the uh, the the or, or trying to validate where you are when it could be just you? When you take full responsibility of your life, you're actually able to do what you're supposed to do with it. Many people are blaming, <clears throat> excuse me, where they are because of what their mama did, because of what their daddy did, or what they didn't do, or because of an ex, or because of whatever. They're blaming everyone else instead of looking in the mirror and saying, "It could it be me? Could it be my self-deception that's leading to me being self-sabotage? Let's keep going. Many singles are where they are today, not because of God or the devil, but because of themselves. Many are wasting their singleness, living a lie instead of allowing the truth to set them free. Are you living within your singles period, living a lie, or are you allowing the truth of God's word, the truth of God's spirit to set you free? See, salvation set us free from hell, but a lot of the things that the lifestyle we choose to live hasn't set us free from the from the repercussions of our of our of, of hell. And what I mean by that is God delivered you for those who are saved. You're no longer uh, um, slaves to sin. Uh, you're no longer bound by uh, the law. You're no longer uh, sentenced to hell. But but our actions will dictate how much freedom we walk in. It gives the illusion or the analogy of this, that, that if you walked by a jail cell and you saw a jail cell open, but you saw the prisoner still in jail, uh, wouldn't you count it strange um, that if you talk to the to the um the prisoner, uh, the uh, the per a person that worked at the prison, and you say, "Hey, how long has this guy? How long has the door been open for this man to be free?" And the person tells you, hey, that door has been open for years, but that person has yet to walk in freedom. They have been set free, but it's their responsibility through the help of the Holy Ghost to walk in freedom. Many people, when people walk by your life, many people out there that when people walk by their life, the door has been open for them to be free, but they settle, they settle themselves in the comforts of the prison cell because of how uh, um, um, uh, uh, normalized it has become. Christ has set you free, but it's your responsibility to allow that truth to keep you walking in freedom because there are areas in our lives that has yet to be open to the relevance or to understanding of the truth in that area. And that God is not going to elevate you to the truth of marriage if you, have a, if you haven't allowed the truth of singleness to grip you. Why would God give you or elevate you to a, a new level of truth, a new level of stewardship, a new level of success if you haven't embraced the truthful, relevant, significant, important facts of right now? See, God is saying God is a God of order. <clears throat> God's a God of decency and an order. God is not going to order your steps in a way when he knows that your heart is not in order. If you get your life in order or allow your life to become orderly through the, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you will begin to see elevation and promotion occur because you've gotten things or you're cooperating with the original order. Many singles are where they are today, not because of God or the devil, but because of themselves. Many are wasting their singleness, living a lie instead of allowing the truth to set them free. Let's continue. Lies only treat the symptoms of a problem while truth treats the source of a problem. 
Lies only treat the symptoms of a problem while truth treats the source of a problem. See, when you lie to yourself, you can treat the symptoms. When you lie to yourself or you allow deception to, to root itself in your life, it will treat the symptoms, but it will never treat the source problem. That's why when people ask me questions about uh, uh, the fruits of their sin or the results of a sin or the symptoms that they're dealing with, I always ask them, where did this sin begin? Where did this life begin? Where did this way of thinking begin? Because if you find the core of it, that means if you haven't found the core of it, but treat the symptoms, the symptoms will only reoccur. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to tackle that area in your life with truth, with facts, with evidence, <clears throat> with, with a revelation, then you will be released from the effects of that core thing. Lies only treat the symptoms. You can lie to yourself all you want. It may make you feel better temporarily, but it won't solve your problems permanently. It may make you feel good for a moment, but it won't be able to maximize the moments for your success. And many people are, are slaves to temporal satisfaction instead of pursuers of eternal security. Your eternal security is in Christ. And the beautiful thing about life, you have the opportunity to walk secure. But if you never deal with the root issue you in your life, if you never deal with what is causing this, if you continue to let the lie lasso itself around that 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 area, it will always have leverage against you. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Not only indeed, but then you become free in your deeds. You're free indeed. Like there's a clearance. You're free indeed. But that freedom work of the Holy Spirit will also make you walk free in your deeds or in your actions. Let's keep going. Lies only treat the symptoms of a problem while truth treats the source of the problem. Jesus does not want to treat your symptoms. He wants to treat the source of the problem. He doesn't want to treat um, um, your addictions. He wants to treat your attachments. See, many of us, the reason why we're addicted, we're addicted because some level of attachment. God doesn't care less. Don't get me wrong. God cares, but God's focus is not your addictions. His focus is on what you are attached to. What are those idols you attach to that's lying to you, that's giving you lip service, that's telling you what you want to hear, those demons that are making you <clears throat> feel good in the moment, but having you in prison for months and years. God cares about why you are attached deeply to something other than him, because whatever you, wherever or whoever you anchor yourself in will determine how much you're moved when there's, when there's pressure. Let's keep going because I have a lot of points. The truth hurts, but the truth heals. Once again, we're talking about uh, um, self-deception leading to self-sabotage. We're talking about their harsh reality of singleness. That 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 the first video I'm gonna do with the problem singleness is just simple. The harsh reality of singleness is that you could be where you are today, not because of God, not because of the devil, but or not because of anyone else, but because of you. And when you deal with their harsh reality and you deal with the hard truth, freedom happens. But most people don't want to hear the truth because the truth, like I said here, the truth hurts, but the truth heals. The truth will set you free. I love it when God brings me that hard truth because that means there's a there's a great freedom behind it. <clears throat> 
I used to blame a lot of people. I used to make excuses for a lot of things. I used to make excuses about, about <clears throat> uh, my lack of discipline, my lack of, of focus. I would blame um, um, a lot of different people, a lot of different things until I realized, uh, and my freedom really became its purest when I began to take full responsibility. Like I said in previous videos, the order of life is this, reliability, responsibility, and reachability. Reliability, responsibility, and reachability, or in other words, accountability. Your reliability on God will determine how much you take responsibility. And your responsibility will give you the eager or the zeal or the, the wherewithal to reach for accountability. If you want to be set free in any area, you got to change what you rely on. You must rely on God. You must trust God because the more you begin to get to know God, the deeper your reverence becomes and the deeper your honor grows and the more and the more faithful you will be. And then when you begin to realize that 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 there is some uh, effort that you have to do, not for salvation, not for grace, not for love, but to actually keep your life in a level of, of purity where you able to maximize and steward the things of God properly, then you will take full responsibility on your lack of discipline, on your lack of, of effort, on your lack of willingness to, to, to do what you need to do to make sure you effective and efficient for the things of God. And then when you take full responsibility, you will then recognize I need reachability. I need accountability. I need to be checked on because when you care about truth and you care about being free, then you will do whatever it takes to make sure you continue to walk in that freedom. So the truth hurts. It hurts in the beginning <clears throat> that it could be you on why you are where you are. It hurts me. It hurt me when I had to realize, Josh, stop blaming your pop. Stop blaming what happened at 18. Stop blaming an ex. Stop blaming this person. Stop blaming them and look in the mirror. I stopped blaming people on, on why they left or why. They, I just say, you know what, Josh? Don't worry about why they did what they did. You look at yourself and see what you did to contribute to it at all. Even if you did nothing, you could have did something. And when you look and take responsibility, you will say, I'm going to remain humble. I'm going to continue to rely on God. And I'm going to trust the accountability that he sends. And I'm going to let this truth sets me free. What truth have you been avoiding? If you avoid truth, you avoid your freedom. Let's keep going. Transition question I have for you tonight. The question I have for you that I need you to process on now or later is this. Are you living a lie or are you living his truth? Not, not your truth. Your truth is not the truth. Don't get so caught up in people who like will live your truth. Your truth is false. You got to live his truth because your truth can't set you free. Their truth can't set you free. Only his truth can set you free. Are you living a lie or are you living his truth? Do you live at fairy tale lane or at truth road? Do you live at fairy tale lane where you just you think that you're you the best thing since Jesus? You thinking that you're great, you thinking that <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with you, that it's everybody else's fault? Are you in a fairy tale world or are you living at truth boulevard? Are you living at truth road or are you at fairy tale lane? And most people are so high up in the clouds, so high in their ideologies, so high in their ideas, so high in their false perspectives 
that they get mad when things ain't working according to God's timing. And what happens to most people, they'll give God a try. They'll give God an opportunity to bring them what they want. But when God doesn't bring them what they want, they start blaming God now. And so they say, well, I don't trust God no more. I'm going to settle. And that's what mess up a lot of people. You get Many people get so caught up in what they believe life to be. They get so high up in their deception that when God doesn't come through, when they want him, when they want him to come through, they feel disappointed by God. So they no longer want to be dependent on God. So they start relying on themselves. They start relying on their own efforts. So they start dating around. They start selling for the wrong man. And then it takes you two to three years. Some of y'all, some people, six months to recognize I probably should have waited. I probably should have trusted God. There's a lot of people right now I wish that you can talk to that will scream to the high heavens, trust God, because I did. I left God, I did what I want to do, and I ended up with a joker they don't even want to be with. I'm in it with a joker that all that person does is tell jokes. And you got to say, you know what? Am I living a lie or am I living his truth? Am I allowing his truth to set me free in every area. Now, let's break down some points. We're going to talk about these three things, and then we're going to get into some Q&A. This video may not go as long as the others, but I'm pretty sure it'll be as effective because we have a lot of weeks to go. We're going to talk about why we lie, signs you're lying to yourself, and how to stop lying to yourself. We're going to talk about why we lie or we lie because, signs you're lying to yourself, and how to stop <clears throat> um, lying to yourself. Let's start with why we lie. Reasons why we lie to others and ourselves. We lie because number one is comfortable. We lie to ourselves because we want to stay comfortable. If I face the truth, I have to face the dis I have to face discomfort. I got to face the uncomfortable. I have to face challenges. And so what the reason why most people lie to themselves and lie to others, they want to remain comfortable. Uh, ignorance is bliss. If I don't know the truth, I don't got to worry about doing anything with it. So the reason why people try to avoid reading the Bible for themselves, they start, they do what they're trying to avoid growing a relationship with God. People always talk about, uh, I got a relationship with God. What kind? What quality? You see what I'm saying? Do you got a do you got a low level quality or a high level quality? Is it an engaging one? <clears throat> Is it birthing fruit in your life? And so many people they lie to themselves so they can be comfortable. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to know what's really going on because now I got to adjust my life. Many people do not want to adjust their life. They want to advance at the level that they're on. But God is saying in order for you to advance, in order for you to be who you need to be and where you need to be, you have to make adjustments. Life is about adjustments. Life is about learning. Life is about growing. Life is about rebounding from mistakes. But if you just want to be comfortable, you will continue to lie to yourself. Well, well, no, 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 this will work. I believe this will work. I believe this is the right way for me to go. You, We lie to ourselves so that we can remain comfortable. And for the, for the young person that's asking for mentorship, contact me on my website, IamUnplugged.com, and I can see what I could do for your 14-year-old son. So email me and let me know that it's your son. Anything for the young people, that's going to catch my eye every time. <clears throat> so you have a young, um, young brother. And um, a younger son, email me and I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, Celeste. And uh, oh, you're watching from South Africa. Thank you. I know it's 315 there. I'll, I'll, we're going to get through this quickly, but effectively. Thank you so much for watching. But we lie because it's comfortable. Why I tell the truth and now I got to do a deal with discomfort. Now I got to address myself. Now I got to change myself. Now I got to do better. Because if you know better, you should do better. 
So we'll, why we lie? We lie because it's comfortable. I rather stay ignorant so my life can remain blissful. But when the winds blow, that bliss will blow. And then you'll realize reality is reality. You can't, you can't live in fairy tale world alone without reality disrupt, disrupting the script. You can continue to play that part all you want, but reality will hit you. You'll be 38, you'll be 40, and you wonder why you're single. You'll be whatever age, and you wonder why you haven't been promoted. This is just for people who, who are just lying to themselves. You will, you will be continuously single, waiting on God if you continue to live a lie. You cannot remain in ignorance. You got to go to the light so that the light can expose you, so that the light can show you who you are. So but listen, I run to the light. God exposed any and everything that could be possibly ruining my opportunity, that could be possibly setting me up to fail. I need the light. I want the light. The Bible says after your after John 3, 16, that the people, uh, um, they, they don't want to go to light because they don't want their these to be exposed. No, I want everything exposed because I rather the light expose me in private than the light expose me in public. The truth will set you free. Yes, it's hard, but it's real. We got to get out of a place of lying to ourselves and looking in the perfect law of liberty, the word of God as our mirror and say, God, examine me. Show me everything about myself that's not like you. I no longer just want to be in the image category. I want to be in the likeness category as well. Because like I say in many of my videos, all of us bear the image of God, but not all of us bear his likeness. When we fell into sin, when Adam fell into sin, he was no longer like God. He still bore the image. That's why the devil hated him. And he hates humanity because humanity bears the image but he's, he's not after the image anymore because the image ain't going to do nothing for anybody. The image ain't going to do anything. It's old. It's outdated. It's the likeness because of Christ's image, because of the, he bore the image. He bore the image that we couldn't bear because he died and that vessel was broken for us to have life. Now we're able to have his likeness again. I want to get or remain in the place where I continue to reveal the character of God in my life, where I'm able to be like him in every area. In order to be like God, you have to look in the mirror and see the hard truth. Why we lie? We lie because it's comfortable. Number two, <clears throat> excuse me, we lie because it's convenient. Convenience and comfortable go together. It's convenient. All I got to do is lie to myself and it gets me to where I got to go. You know, we lie to other people to get where we got to go because it's convenient. We lie to ourselves because it's convenient. The truth is inconvenient at times. If, if I tell the, if I look at my life and I see the truth, now I feel inconvenienced. Now I can't practice that sin anymore. Now I can't do that anymore. Now I'm inconvenienced. Now I have to be disciplined. Now I'm inconvenienced because now I got to let go of this friend. I'm inconvenienced. Now I got to let go of this relationship. I'm inconvenienced. This was comfortable for me. It was convenient for me. So I lied to myself to keep it convenient. I keep a lie to myself so that I can continue to have my sin surplus in my life frequently to have the, at least I have somebody. Listen, listen, don't get into a situation where you say, at least I have a man, at least I have a woman, at least I have this. No, don't you want to have what's yours, what's best for you? Don't lie to yourself or lie to others to maintain or sustain the convenience of it because anybody who endeavors to be successful in any area must be inconvenienced. Number two, we lie because number three, it boosts a false self-confidence. It boosts us the false self-confidence, meaning 
Some of us, we know we are ugly on the inside. We know that we are, we got issues more than a magazine, that that we got problems. Um, but we lie to ourselves to maintain a self-confidence. Like, oh, I'm better than that person, or I'm better than this person. So now I'm gonna lie to myself to act like my stuff don't stink. I'm a lie to myself to make myself believe that I'm better than where I'm at. And we lie to ourselves to maintain a false level of self-confidence, a false level of self-esteem. But if we truly look at ourselves, we will end up humble. Listen, the best road to get anywhere is the humble road. It's not the hardy road. The hardy road will take you to high cliffs, but don't realize that the road will end and you will fall off of it. That's why we got to make sure we tell ourselves the truth that we don't get so caught up in, well, I got to at least make myself look good. Listen, God can care less on how you adorn the outside. The Bible talked about, he was talking to the Pharisees, y'all take care of the outside of the cup, but inside you're ravenous wolves. You take care of the outside, but the inside is evil. And we are prone to that. When we find ourselves in front of people, we boost a fictitious character, we boost a person that's not even real, and we do that to make us, that's right, vanity. We get so vain in our thinking that we become lame and we're not able to do what we're supposed to do because we have a false outlook or inlook of ourselves. Listen, you got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and realize I am nothing without God. I don't care who praises me. I don't care who compliments me. I I have instilled in my brain on the on the hard drive of my brain that Josh, you are nothing without God. So God must always get the glory for everything that you do. And it keeps me at a right level of self-confidence, a confidence that is in Christ, a sufficiency that is in Christ, not in myself. Many people lie to boost their own self-confidence because they do not want to look at the ugly inside them. So what they do is, if I can make sure the outside look good, maybe I can believe that I'm really good, but there's only one good, and that's the Father. And when you realize that, you will embrace his goodness and allow that goodness to draw you to repentance and to a renewed mind state where you're able to uh, 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 be who you need to be. Why we lie? We lie because number one, it's comfortable. Number two, we lie because it's convenient. Number three, we lie because it boosts a false self of confidence. And number four, we lie because it removes culpability. If I lie to myself and I say that I'm good when I'm not good, I don't need accountability. If I lie to myself and say that it's my mama's fault or my dad's fault, I won't take responsibility. I lie because it removes culpability. It removes fault. It removes blame off of me. And this is where most people fall in. They believe, well, I'm only here because I grew up in a bad home or I didn't have my dad or I didn't have my mom. I'm where I'm at today because Jimmy did this to me or Susie did that to me. I'm where they. So what it is, they rather lie to themselves and say, you're doing this because of them. Your your attitude, your actions has nothing to do with anybody else. It has everything to do about you. People may do things against you, but your attitude is your responsibility. So what most people is, they'll cut people off, flip people off, cuss people out, do all these different things, run through multiple women, manipulate multiple men, manipulate multiple women, and blame it on some toxic moment in their life. It doesn't matter what has happened in your past. God can utilize that past moment as a place of reference, not for you to reside there. 
And most people, they lie to themselves saying, well, uh, well, I can't stop this. And, and no, 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 you can if you want to. You just don't want to because it removes culpability. If I lie to myself, I can continue to practice my sin. I continue to practice this way of life. And I don't have to worry about being blamed for it because all I got to do is tell God it's because of them. You saw where that got Adam and Eve. God said, Adam, where art thou? Adam came out. God was like, what's up? Adam was like, he said, who, who, whatever. He was like, why are you naked? He was like, uh, oh, I'm messing the whole story up. What I'm saying is Adam, when God addressed it, Adam, Adam had the opportunity to say, God, it was my fault. It was me. I don't, I'm not saying this is biblical or not, but I bet you if Adam would have, would have repented, if Adam would have repented, I bet you God would have gave grace. But because Adam blamed Eve and then Eve blamed the serpent, they all got cursed. They all. But I'm so glad that what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane reversed what Adam did in the Garden of Eden, that now no matter what place we find ourselves, we can walk in a greater form of life. But we have to understand where blame gets you. It gets you out of your garden. It gets you out of your place of glory. It gets you out of your place of growth. You can't blame your wife. You can't blame your husband. You can't blame your, your mom, your dad. You can't blame anybody because when you play the blame game, you'll find yourself out of the game. You'll find yourself not scoring. You'll find yourself not excelling because you're blaming somebody else. We lie because one, is comfortable. Number two, it's convenient. Number three, it boosts a false self-confidence. Number four, it removes culpability. And number five, we lie because we want to always seem correct. Self-explanatory. We like to lie and we like to make ourselves smarter than what we really are. I'm telling you, we're not as smart. So what happens is people know they're full of it. Um, but so they, what they do, they puff their brain, they puff their mind so high to make them uh, uh, oblivious to what they're really full of. So what they do is they act smart, but you look at their body, you're like, but you're not living smart. You look at their actions, but you're not living smart. We got to not lie to ourselves anymore. The intellectuals I'm talking to right now, those who are puffed up in knowledge, people who lie to themselves that because of their accolades and their accomplishment and their intellect, that they're somebody. Your intellect can't save you. Your intellect can't make you. It is the renewed, the renewness of your mind that makes you new. And most people lie because they want to always seem correct. How can you be correct in giving advice to others, but you haven't applied that advice to yourself? Let's keep going. We lie because number six, we want to avoid the crystal clear. <clears throat> people lie. We lie because we want to avoid the crystal clear. We, we lie to ourselves because we just don't want to see the crystal clear. I'm talking about seeing the dirty, seeing the ugly, seeing the change that we have to make. So what we do is we lie to ourselves. To, uh, uh, we see it right in front of our faces. Every area in by which you need, where you need to change is evident in front of you. It's evident in front of me. I can't blame nobody due to whatever. I have to take full responsibility. But many people lie because they do not want to see the crystal clear. And what you need to change, what I need to change is always before our eyes. Let's keep going. We lie because we want to look handicapped. 
We lie because we want to look handicapped. Misery loves company. So what we do, we'll lie so that we can seem sad. We'll lie to ourselves to make ourselves feel low so that we can have a lot of people lift us up so we can find a lot of people giving us attention. I see it all the time on social media. People will post online, uh, pray for me, I'm going through this. Pray for me. They just want attention. We got to get to a place where we start lying ourselves so we can have company, that we're lying to ourselves so that we look handicapped. Oh, yeah, I'm just good because we want people to uplift us. We want people's attention. We want people to encourage us. A lot of people are not as handicapped as they think they are. They just want to look handicapped because they want people to continue to do things for them. They want they want uh, all the perks that comes with misery. They want all the uh, the praise that comes with misery versus grabbing themselves up and, and, and strengthening themselves in the joy of the Lord and doing what they need to do. Because people who, who are not handicapped, they don't care about the praise of other people. They care about making sure they do what they got to do for God, period. We lie because number one, it's comfortable. We lie because it's convenient. We lie because it boosts a false self a false self confidence. We lie because it removes culpability. We lie because we want to always seem correct. We lie because we want to avoid the crystal clear. We lie because we want to look handicapped. We lie because we want to falsely self care. We want to look like we falsely self care. We lie. We live a life of lavishness, but inside we're hurting. We lie to people. You you lie. We lie. And we get into debt. <clears throat> we lie so we can have a new car and we look it. So we, we're not lying out of our lips. We just want to be able to put our, we want the look to lie for us. We don't, but on the inside, we don't look what we're presenting. Meaning that most people post in their social media that their marriage is happy. They don't post the picture of the dinner. They don't post the picture of the date, but they didn't talk in the car the whole way to that date. They fought all the way back home. They're sleeping in different rooms. They hate each other, but on the gram, the, the, it looks like everything is good. So they're lying to, to boost up a self-care, a false sense of self-care. They're not really caring for themselves. They just care about what you think about their social media posts. They only care about what you think about their car when they pull up. They only want to think that you care when they invite you over. That's all they care about is for you to care about what they post and what they present. And so what they do is they lie because they don't really want true accountability. They want yes men, yes women, but they don't want real accountability. They don't want, they don't want real people around them to check them, letting them know they're not who they think they are or what they post online. That's why I don't post much about my life because what you care about, what you treasure, you protect. But a lot of people, a lot of singles are envying relationships and marriages that are not happy, but online looks like relationship goals. That's not relationship goals. That's relationship spoils. You said, oh, I messed up. That's not relationship goals. <laughs> I was trying to make something wrong with goals. That's not relationship goals. You see what I'm saying? Their relationship is about to fold soon. But most people are miserable in their singleness because of the post. The Instagram posts, the social media posts of a, of relationships and marriages that are not happy. Let's keep going. We lie because it's comfortable, convenient. It boosts a false self-confidence. It removes culpability. We lie because we want to always seem correct. We lie to avoid the crystal clear. We, we lie so we uh, can look handicapped. <clears throat> we lie because we want to false self-care. And number nine, we lie because we want to maintain a fictitious character. A fictitious character. <clears throat> are you who people think you are? 
I don't want to present a man of purity, but I'm in sin. I don't want to present a man that's that's following the ways of God, doing the things of God, but I'm practicing sin that nobody sees. I don't want to be, I want to be me all around. I talked to the youth at my church yesterday and I talked about it's less stress just being yourself. So many people are a fictitious character of themselves. They got multiple characters in there, multiple personalities. They're one way around this group of people, another way around this group of people. They got multiple fictitious character that you feel like that this is some type of a play with one actor. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is we got to look at our lives and release ourselves from these fictitious characters that is that is not real. It is okay to be yourself as you being pruned into the person that God wants you to be. We lie because we want to maintain our fictitious character because that character is is allowing us to, to gather things prematurely. We lie, number 10, last but not least, we lie because we need to cop out. We need a cop out. We need an excuse. We lie to ourselves so that we can have something to blame. We lie to ourselves so that we can blame somebody. We need a cop out. So so it keeps me from being responsible. Those kind of go together. But let's talk about signs that you're lying to yourself. Now we're going to get to the signs that you are lying to yourself. Number one, one sign that you're lying to yourself is that you run away from reality and responsibilities. Right? You run, you run away from reality responsibly. Signs that you're lying, you got to look at your life right now. This is where the harsh truth comes. You got to look at your life and say, you know what, is this me? Are you running away from reality and responsibilities? You know you're lying to yourself when you are a runner, when you run away from your problems versus running towards them. Your signs that you're lying to yourself, number two, you justify your own poor behavior. You know your behavior is poor, but you're justifying it. You know good and well that that behavior stinks, that behavior is not great, that behavior doesn't honor God, but you know that you're lying to yourself. One of the signs is that you justify your own poor behavior. You justify it because it's convenient. You justify it because it removes culpability. You justify it because it keeps you handicapped. You justify your own poor behavior. Well, my language is like this because of whatever, whatever. Or I do this because of mama. I do this. It removes or it justifies your poor behavior. That's a sign that you're lying to yourself. Your poor behavior is in front of you. But instead of changing that behavior, allowing the the Holy Spirit renewing of your mind to, to renew your behavior, you justify. Another sign that you're lying to yourself, number three, you're justifying the poor behaviors of others. Another sign that you're lying to yourself is when you justify the poor behaviors of an ex or justifying the poor behaviors of your boyfriend, justifying the poor behaviors of your girlfriend just to have somebody. You know a good or well that man's abusive, but you justify his poor behavior so that you can at least have somebody and you getting slapped around, but you don't take the pictures of that. You don't take the picture of your black eye and put it on Instagram, do you? Most people are justifying the poor behaviors of a woman in their life. And they justifying that poor behavior because she's beautiful and attractive. Beauty is skin deep. You can't just be intoxicated with the look of somebody or the provision of somebody or whatever, because if you do that, that person will always have leverage against you and you would justify their poor behavior just to have somebody beneath you, just to have somebody to belong to. Listen, you don't justify anybody's poor behavior when you know you belong to God. You see what I'm saying? So, But what most people do is, one of the signs is, I don't want to be lonely, so I'm going to justify his behavior. I don't want to be lonely, so I'm going to justify her behavior. 
or I'm sick of being lonely, so I'm going to justify my poor behavior. These different signs is proof that you're lying to yourself. You are greater than that abuse. You are worth more than just being abused by somebody. And, and, and when you when you begin to look at your life for what it really is, you won't justify your poor behavior or somebody else's poor behavior anymore. Number four, signs of you lying to yourself. You always think you're right. These kind of things kind of repeat itself, but we're going somewhere. Signs you're lying to yourself. You always think you're right. Number five, sign you, signs you're lying to yourself. Number five, you feel inauthentic. You don't feel real. You know you're lying to yourself and almost at the place of self-sabotage is when you feel inauthentic. I'm so glad when I when I, I'm so glad that I love me and that I know me and that I grow me that I don't feel inauthentic that the same Josh that's on this video screen is the same Josh before my wife. I tell every person if you want to see how well a man is in life, look at the countenance of his woman, the countenance of his woman, the joy on her face, the gleam in her eye, the way she look at her man. If she looks at her man like he's a snack, that man is that man is right. That man is good. You see what I'm saying? You got to look at the countenance of that man's uh, 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 woman to see if that man's legit. We're talking about people who are going to churches or whatever. Don't get so caught up in a pastor because he got a big church. Look at the smile, the big smile, the lack thereof on his wife's face. And that'll let you know everything because a man who can't take care of his own house is not fit to take care of God's. And if you want to see um, uh, uh, what kind of quality of a woman a woman is, look at the demeanor of her man. Look at the shoulders of her man. Is his shoulders wide? Is his shoulders uh, stretched? Or is that person slumped over? He can't even look up. He don't have no confidence in his, in his stature. Signs you're lying to yourself. You feel it authentic. You've just got to be your real self, period. Signs you're lying to yourself. Number six. You avoid accountability and accurate criticism. Now, what does that mean? Signs you lying to yourself. I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody to look after me. I don't need no accountability. I can go do this by myself. I can start this church by myself. I can do this by myself. I can do that by myself. I can start a marriage by myself. I can start a marriage and don't need no counseling. I don't need no counselor to let me know how I need to be a man. You're lying to yourself. Signs you lying to yourself is when you think you can handle everything and you don't want accountability. Also, a sign that you're lying to yourself you avoid all criticism. Everybody who critiques you is a hater. Not everybody that critiques you is a hater. <clears throat> they, some people who critique you are elevators. They're trying to elevate you. But what we do is, because oh, 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 if you critique me, if you criticize me, you a hater. I ain't listening to nobody. If you ain't a yes man, I don't want to hear from you. <clears throat> and that's a sign that you're lying to yourself. People who, are, who have hit the hard truth and the truth that set them free, they welcome critique. They welcome critique from people from another level of class. They, 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 they're experienced. They're, they have achieved certain things. And they don't mind being critiqued because that criticism is the iron that sharpens you. You lying, you know you're lying to yourself when you avoid accountability and accurate criticism. We're not talking about being uh um uh, damaging criticism, like we you you just got you just ain't gonna mount to nothing. We talking about accurate criticism. Yeah, you treat your wife poorly, or you you're not really maximizing your singleness. Yeah, you look at you hear you you hear your language. Why are you talking like that? You know, people don't want discipleship. They just want evangelism. Evangelism is cute and cuddly. Come as you are. And mostly churches keeping people where they met them. 
No, no, no. True discipleship is deep diving. It's deep digging. It's saying, yo, you got to change that. That right there is going to hinder you from being successful. Signs you lying to yourself. Number seven, you keep trying to convince yourself that you're okay when you're not. Signs that you are lying to yourself is when you keep trying to convince yourself that you're okay, but you're not. You got to be honest with you and say, you know what? I'm hurting. There are some of you guys and gals right now who are hurting and you're lying to yourself. You need help. All the symptoms are pointing you to the Savior. All the symptoms is the source of your, is the cry of your soul crying out for a Savior. That's what it is. These symptoms in our life is just our soul crying out for the only Savior that can save it. You think your soul is crying out for a man. You think your soul is crying out for a woman. No, your soul is crying out for Jesus because your soul knows that the only way we're going to be fixed is going to be is to be fixed by the one that formed us. We got to get to a place where we stop convincing ourselves that we're okay when we're not. Most of us, we are where we are because we're trying to act or believe that we're okay when we're not. Signs you're lying to yourself, you run away from reality and responsibilities. You justify your own poor behavior. You justify the poor behaviors of others. You always think you're right. You feel inauthentic. You avoid accountability and accurate criticism. And the last sign that you're lying to yourself, you keep trying to convince yourself that you're okay when you're not. That's right. You're okay in God's love, period. Because of God's love, the Bible says the perfect, his perfect love or perfect love casts out all fear. Now, let's get to the part that we want to get to is how to stop lying to ourselves. Um, but let me read through these scriptures real quick. Other scriptures to kind of help you process and meditate on as you think about the truth. Jesus in the, uh, John 8, 31 through 38 was saying, hey, I know you came from Abraham, but but Abraham was flawed. But but if you just because uh, uh, you feel like you're free because of what Abraham did or you feel that you're free because you're not in sin. Anyone who practiced sin is a slave. So let's break it down. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed on him, who had believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In order to be cleansed, in order to be a, a, a person that's walking in truth, we have to allow God's word to cleanse us. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, abide in the word means I stay in it. I live in it. It's, it's my living well. It's my living water. It's where I'm, I'm nourished. It's where I'm kept. I abide in his word. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you rarely read his word, are you rarely even discipled? If you in his word and you in it, and that word is evident in your life, you are being proven to the outsiders. You're being proven to the realers, the people who recognize the real, that you are truly his disciples. Many people are going to stand on the judgment day thinking they were Christians, thinking they were saved, but wasn't. The Bible said many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, have I not cast out devils in your name? Have I not did wondrous works in your name? And Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. That's a hyperbole. He's saying that you... There's going to be people that seemingly doing great things on behalf of me. And this should be a warning to everyone. Jesus saying that you can do all these great things in my name and still end up in hell. That makes all of us uh, get to a place where we walk out our salvations with fear and trembling, understanding that, man, it's only because of God's grace that I am where I'm at today. So I have to abide in his word. I have to nourish, uh, be nourished by his word and understanding that 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 the word is what washes. Let's keep going. 
and you will know the truth. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. If you are my disciple, you will know the truth. And the truth is me. And the truth will set you free. Let's keep going. It says, verse 33, they answered him, we are offsprings of Abraham. Basically, what they were saying was, who is you, you 30-year-old? You 32-year-old? You 33-year-old? Who are you? I'm, Abraham's greater than you. Our forefather, we are offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. They were thinking on a surface level, but Jesus, as he says, uh, or what they said, how is it that you say you will become free? What they thought was, well, we're we're justifiable because of Abraham. And, and Jesus was saying that doesn't justify you in anything. I am the one that justified. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, anytime you see a repetitive, that means with strong emphasis, he was like, truly. You know, we'd be like, true. That's how Jesus was, truly. Truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is saved sin. So, so you can, many people be like, well, I've been a Christian for 15 years. I've been with God for 15 years. Uh, um, it was my pastor. I'm an offspring of my pastor's ministry. I'm an offspring of my mama's prayers. I'm an offspring of my grandmother's prayers. And Jesus like, man, and if you're practicing sin right now, you are enslaved to that sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains because of what Christ did for us. He made us now sons and daughters, which was because he is a son and remains forever. Now we who are in him can remain forever. Verse 36. So if the son sets you free, he's saying, because I'm free, because I will fulfill the work that the father requires. And if I'm set free, whomever the son sets free is free. Demeaning that you don't, you don't, you don't go seek freedom. Freedom seeks you. So no one can sit there and say, well, I initiated salvation. No, no, no. You can't, you, you, you didn't initiate it. The son came and set you free. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I love that a double entendre. You'll be free indeed, meaning you free, free. But their freedom would then make you free in your deeds. Not only am I freed indeed, factually devil, factually family, factually haters, whoever it is. Not only am I free, but you're going to see that I'm free because their freedom is going to flow into my deeds. So the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know that you're offsprings of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. Many of the, many people out there are seeking to kill the Jesus in their life. Because they don't want that truth to find them. I'm going to kill the real image of Christ in my mind and create a fake image of Christ in my mind. I'm going to create a fake Jesus that's going to love me, 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 and never correct me, never correct me. He no longer sees my sins. I'm completely forgiven. And and the people, I know people right now who who, who is caught up in, in, in different types of doctrines and, and, and they, they're caught up in this grace message, but their life has become lesser than when it was in a way that they thought was wrong. And there's a lot of people who's like, I'm going to kill the real Jesus in my mind. I don't want to see him. He's a stumbling block. He's folly to the Greek side of me and a stumbling block to the Jew in me. So I, he, he's, he's a fictitious character. I want nothing to do with him. These are atheists, but we got even Christians who say, or people who rose their hand and checked the box, want to kill this imagery of Jesus because they know if his words find place in me, I have to be washed. I speak of what I've seen, he says, with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Whoever your father is, his father, and you, you bear the fruit of your father. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers on deceiving yourselves. 
that scripture was talking about, hey, man, you just can't be a hearer, only got to be a doer of God's word. And a lot of people, they hear God's word and thinking they're uh, reaping the benefits of God's word. But since they're not implying God's word, they're deceiving themselves. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him, haughty eyes and a lying tongue. I stopped there. But there's other things. A lying tongue is an abomination to God. John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship must worship him in spirit and truth. God is looking for true worshipers, worshipers who will worship him in spirit from the depths of them, but in truth. God doesn't want you to worship and your worship is false. Your worship got a stink to it. Even, even Saul said, uh, um, um, uh, didn't follow the God's assignment. He didn't kill every cow. He didn't kill every person. And for theological input right here, people get mad at God and call God a, a, a God of genocide. No, because God is all knowing, he knows whether or not a group of people is going to ever accept him. So he can commence judgment anytime. Just, he's not flawed as a judgment. He's not a flawed as a judge because he had commenced judge early when he knows the end. So many people get mad at God when God killed all these people. No, God knows, hey, I'll do whatever I got to do because I already know if these people will even accept me. And since I know they're not going to ever accept me and they're a stumbling block to my people, wipe them out. That's the explanation of the God of the Old Testament. See what I'm saying? So when people look at God and be like, God killed all these bunch of people, he's the judge. He can, he can commence judgment. God, God can commence judgment. It's not killing. It's called judgment at any time. But because Saul did not fulfill um, what 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 God spoke through Samuel, I believe it was Samuel, for him to do, he lost, he lost his throne. The Bible then said that God was no longer with Saul. But the scary thing about it was Saul was still king for a long period of time. That's what scares the living bejeebies out of me. I do not want God to fire me and let me keep preaching without his power. I don't want God to be like, I've been done with Josh 15 years ago. No, no, because gifts are given when I repentance. I don't want this gift of wisdom just to be, oh, that's amazing. No, I want that gift of wisdom to be heavy because the weight of the anointing on it. But but Saul, Samuel came to Saul and was like, what's these bleeding of cows and bleeding, not bleeding of cows, bleeding of sheep? And he says, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice or obedience is better than worship. And so what happens is uh, we think that we're worship, but we're not obedient. God don't care if you raise your hand. Worship is not a moment at 11 o'clock or 8 o'clock, 11.30, 2 p.m., 6 p.m. on a Sunday, maybe 5 o'clock on a Saturday. That's not worship. Worship is your life. You see what I'm saying? And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Don't give him them that worship with dirty hands. Worship him with the blood on your hands, knowing that he sees that these hands are humbled hands, hands that has been has hugged mercy, has hugged grace. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That's just the word. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. But the reason why nobody wants to go through the door who is Jesus, they don't want the father. John 16, 13 is when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. I love that. When the, Jesus was letting his boys know, hey, man, when the spirit of truth comes, you will know it's the spirit of truth because he's going to lead and guide you to all truth. We think that the Holy Spirit is supposed to guide us to partial truths or prosperous truths. Oh, this right here is going to get you that two mil. This right here is what's going to get you a husband. That truth of, of, of what we want. No, we, we, he's going to lead us to pruning truth. 
If you want to walk in prosperous truth, you got to go through pruning truth. The truth that says the reason why your money is funny because you don't know nothing about no money. The reason why you're not successful is because of X, Y, and Z. He's going to pull you through that pruning truth. I got to get this out. This is the truth right here. You cool. I mean, you 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 all right. But this right here, these four or five or 56 things is what's keeping you. Those are the first truth. He says he will lead and guide you into all truth, but you have to let him. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come. That's powerful. Ephesians 6, 14, I'm almost done. Stand, therefore, having fast on the belt of truth. The reason why we're tripping through life, we haven't allowed ourselves to be fastened by truth. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free and it will gird you up and it will help you remain intact for war. And this book, World War Me, talks about uh, the belt of truth, talks about the whole armor. So this would be a good resource for you. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is near. Oh, I love this. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. God wants honesty. When you call out to God, call, call out to God in truth. Call out to God like, God, I need your help. God, I. that's what God, God wants to hear that from my souls. Last but not least, Psalms 25, 5, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the This was, they was like, lead me in your truth. I'm tired of being led. I'm tired of leading myself into this falsehood. Lord, lead me into your truth and teach me. That's the heart you have to have. Now, how to stop lying to yourself. Then we're going to get to our activity. We're going to get to our Q&A. And for those who are watching me right now, thank you all so much for watching. Share this broadcast. Hit the like button if this is something that's because it helps the video gain traction, help us to reach more people. So like the video, share with someone that you care about uh, who, who will benefit from this. Now, how to stop lying to yourself. How do you get to a place of walking in daily truth and no longer lying to yourself? How to stop lying to yourself, setting yourself up for self-sabotage. Number one and number one. No, this ain't no, it is, the rest of it ain't in a particular order, but this is number one, number one. Number one, how to stop lying to yourself, fear God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You got to reverence God. You got to respect God. If you want to stop lying to yourself, stop lying. Stop trying to lie to the one that sees everything. You can't fool God. So that should make you stop lying to yourself. It's when you recognize the reverence of God and you recognize the righteousness of God, you recognize his holiness that he is holy, that his eye is everywhere, that he sees everything, he knows everything, he's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere, but not only that, he is deeper in his attribute, that he's omniscient, meaning he knows the depths of your motives before you even think of your motives. Jesus even said, man, listen, y'all think adultery, you think fornication is sleeping with somebody. He says, if you look at a person, you see what I'm saying? So he, he Jesus is already talking about, uh, we, we're not even talking about the action. We're talking about the attitude. We're talking about the motive. So how to stop lying to yourself and lying to others and setting yourself up for self-sabotage and ruining the gift of singleness that God has given you? you got to open your heart to truly recognize God for who he is because it's in deep recognition of God, deep revelation of God that leads to deep reverence. The more you are, the more he is revealed, the more his holiness is revealed, the more his goodness is revealed. Those are two things that will change the way you view your life. 
the, 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 the glory of God and the goodness of God. The glory of God is his holiness. When you recognize he's holy, you get humble. Because just because God's a loving God doesn't take away his holiness. All of his attributes are, are, are coinciding with each other. And everybody gets so caught up on the love of God, but they forget about the holiness of God. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. Come out from among them and be ye separate. What does darkness have to do with light? What does uh, 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 Christ have to do with be Baal or whatever it was? So what, G, what God is saying, look, I'm holy, yo. I ain't never stopped being holy. I'm not just because I love you doesn't mean my holiness is diminished. I need for you to be set apart. I need for you to live as if you my son and my daughter. So in order to stop lying to yourself, you got to be humbled by God's holiness, but gripped by his goodness, humbled by God's glory, but gripped by his goodness, because God will continue to be good because his goodness is going to reveal his holiness. It's going to want to make you want to come on his side. It's going to it's going to make you relinquish your rights and your your free will in this world to be up under the, the guise and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God's glory, which is his holiness, will humble you. God's goodness will cause you to come on the lower side. Moses said, all those on the lower side come over here. And that's where we got to be. So I'll stop lying to myself when I realize that I cannot lie to God. So why lie to myself? Why lie to others when God's looking at me like this? Really? You think you that dope? You, you're not. You know, you're doing it in your own effort. You're doing it in your own merit. And that will humble you. That will humble you and make you happy at the same time. Make it will humble you because he's holy. It'll keep you in a level of wisdom. I you walk wise because God is wise. You walk wise because God is holy. <laughs> wisdom, the reason why the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, because you know God is holy. God is still the Bible says, Why fear man who can only kill the body and can't do nothing after that? Jesus said, I know who you should fear. You better fear the one that could put both body and soul in hell. You better fear that one. And we walk around life, walking around life, just sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning and wonder why we're not winning and winning and winning. And we keep sinning and we acting like God's okay with that. <clears throat> Shall we continue in sinning as grace abounds? God forbid. And when people start articulating these grace type messages, is that most of these preachers are not going to say uh, what, what people say. So their excuse would be, well, I'm not telling these people to sin. By default, people are going to sin more because if you tell a baby, you know, oh, juice is good, the baby's going to be like, well, give me the sweetest juice. They're not going to go and find the period. They're going to naturally, by default, do what you're, what you're, what you're kind of implying. So in order for you to stop lying to yourself, you have to fear God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You will walk wise. The more God is revealed, the more you will walk in wisdom. How to stop lying to yourself? Number two, embrace reality. You stop lying to yourself by embracing two types of realities. Two types of realities. Your situations and your sonship. Embrace your reality. This is the situation I'm in. This is where I'm at. But I know who's with me and that's God. The other reality I need to embrace is my sonship in God, <clears throat> your daughtership in God, my position in God. When I when I embrace the reality of, OK, this is what's in front of me and uh, and, and, uh, and obviously it's not being removed. So I got to embrace this reality, learn from this reality, grow in this reality. And 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 and, uh, and, uh, and allow the Holy Spirit to show me how to navigate this reality. 
And also, as I do that, I do that at my best when I embrace the reality that I am truly a son and daughter of God. That because I'm adopting this family, he is present with me in this moment as a present help. And when I call out to him, like Psalm says, uh, asking him, Lord, show me your truth and teach me. Then then, then it will actually, it, his, the way he teaches me will help me embrace my reality effectively. You see what I'm saying? And so what that does is it helps me to stop lying to myself. You don't have to lie to yourself and be like, God doesn't love me. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself for thinking that, oh, God, I want to mount to anything. Stop lying to you. You're a son and daughter of God. And stop lying to yourself and saying, well, I'm only here because of whoop the whoop in this person, that person. No, no, no. Embrace it. Stop trying to exit your reality. Embrace it so that you can come become more, so that you can become realer in reality. Number three, how to stop lying to yourself. Number three, ad address what you need to address. How to stop lying to yourself and saying, you know, I'm going to stop lying to myself and address this thing. Not only I'm going to embrace Mariel, I'm going to address this issue in my life. I'm going to address this person in my life. I'm going to address the will of God in my life. And like I said in other videos, whatever you do not address now will undress you later. It's that simple. So many people are about to be undressed in 2020. People have already been undressed in 2019 and they're about to be undressed soon because they're not addressing what they need to address. There's preachers right now that is not addressing their private sinful habits. There's people right now who's not addressing what they're doing and their wife and husband don't know. There's people who's not addressing. And God's giving you grace. God's like, look, God will look out for you. <clears throat> God's lookout doesn't mean continue to look at. It doesn't look out doesn't mean continue to linger with. God be looking out like get right, get right. Because listen, you got two more times. <clears throat> My great, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving you all the grace I can give you right now. But oh, you don't want to change? Okay, uncover this man, uncover his sin. I bet you'll change now. I bet you know the fear of God now. And there's so many people right now, God is warning you even through me right now. Stop it. Stop it. Address it while you and God are the only ones that can see it. And there may be hope for your marriage. There may be hope for your singleness. There may be hope for your career. Stop practicing sin because grace abound. God is saying, address it. Address it now before this thing undress you. Stop lying to yourself because the devil wants you to linger within that lie. And then you'll find yourself loosed of all your clothes and everybody will see you bare naked and see that you didn't practice what you preach. And that's what the fear of God does. The fear of God, the love of God and the fear of God coupled together will make you be a person that says, listen, I'm not going to do anything that I don't, I'm not going to do anything privately that I don't want the public to know. You got to address what needs to be addressed. You stop lying to yourself. I'm going to stop lying to me. I got to address this because I refuse to be undressed by this. And then now I got to spend three years dealing with my wife or dealing with your husband or dealing with a friend or dealing with your child. They have to go through rejection. They have to go through uh, feelings of insecurities because you didn't address what you needed to address. Let's keep going. How to stop lying to yourself. Number five, journal your feelings and process them. How to stop lying to yourself? Write your feelings down. Write down what you're feeling and then allow the word of God to help you find the facts beyond those feelings. Get a journal and say, you know what? This is who I am. 
I'm tired of being this person. I'm going to process this. I'm going to sift it like wheat. I'm going to find it. I'm going to make it so fine that it, that is, that is, that is, that is all the way down to its bare molecule so I can be able to see the patterns, the formula by which I'm doing what I'm doing so I can reverse it, so I can stop it, so I can grow in wisdom. So I journal my feelings and I process them so I can find the facts and keep from feeling. That's what I do. Anytime I feel a certain type of thing in my body, I find the facts behind that feeling. Okay, that's why my whatever feels like that. Or that's why my, you know, okay, bet. So I go to Google. When I used to go to Google, I used to be scared going to WebMD. But I don't even go to WebMD. I go to, I go to certain people. Okay, what do I need to do to make sure I don't feel like this anymore? What life change do I need to do? What things do I need to take? What things do I need to, to continue on or let go so I can feel better in my life? The other point says, don't suppress them. Don't process them. Don't suppress them. Process your feelings. That's right. It's dangerous to stay in unrepentant sin. Number five, how to stop lying to yourself. Don't ignore you. Your soul is crying out. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore your soul. Don't ignore your feelings. Don't ignore yourself. Don't ignore your mental health. Don't ignore, don't ignore your emotional health. Stop lying to yourself. And what happens when we lie to ourselves? We ignore our deep self. How to stop lying to yourself. Number seven, don't take criticism personal. How to stop lying to yourself and be effective in your singleness. Don't take criticism personal. Consider what others have to say. There are certain people that want you to elevate, but they you can't elevate without truth. You can't. And so when you got a bunch of yes people around you, you got a bunch of uh, uh, people that just make you feel justified in, in the wrong that you do, you will never get far in life. <clears throat> But if you but if you surround yourself with people who 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 would check you and check off for you, you see what I'm saying? Check you mean I'm a check you. Yo, you you tripping, you tripping. If you want to be at this level, if you want to do exceptional things for God, that's what's wrong with a lot of people in church and a lot of people within Christendom. They don't want to go to a church that challenges them. They don't want to be around true Christians that want to disciple them. They want to go to these clubs every weekend. They want to go to these places where they get motivated every weekend because motivation doesn't lead to elevation. What motivation is going to do? Motivation don't do nothing but make you high for a moment. So these churches are nothing but places where you, it's like a hookah lounge. These nothing but a place where you can smoke some weed. All they doing is using the word of God, twisting up and putting false, uh, <clears throat> putting drugs inside and making people smoke it. And they wonder why they high for a moment. <clears throat> but when you're the most high, when you're with the most high, you don't have to worry about getting high. You see what I'm saying? And that's what most of these people do. They rather go to these clubs. They rather go get motivated, but they don't want to be changed. So you got to go to places where you can be not criticized, criticism or criticized, but critiqued. Critiqued means I love you enough to let you know what's damaging you. Number eight, how to stop lying to yourself. Open up to accountability. That's what that goes with number seven. Open up to accountability. Not just any accountability, proven accountability. Accountability has been sent in your life by God. How to stop lying to yourself. Number nine, understand that lying to yourself leads to lying and hurting others. Lying to and hurting others. When you lie to yourself, you start lying to people and then your lies will become a fairy tale world. And when that person meets that you're not who you really are, and that's what social media has done to a lot of people. A lot of people are lying through their social media, posting their highlights. But when that person comes to your practice gym, you ain't doing nothing. It's crazy how you watch uh, these highlights versus watching the full game. The full game, you be like, man, this man had 20 turnovers. But all you saw was three dunks and four good passes and 28 points. But he got 28 points off 46 shots. 
<laughs> of course, you can get 28 points. Should it be? Should it for 48 shots? You should have had about 80 points. But people show their highlights. You thought they played a good game. But if you examine the full game from tip to, 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 to the end, you'll realize they didn't really play that well. How to stop lying to yourself? 10. You're not handicapped. Become your best self. Stop lying. The way to stop lying to yourself to realize, you know what? I'm tired of looking handicapped. I'm tired of misery. I'm tired of the company. It feels good for a moment, but people get tired of people get tired of 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 misery. People want to see you um, succeed. So you got to say, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of these handicaps. I'm gonna get rid of all these excuses. I'm gonna get rid of all these handicaps. I'm not sickly. I'm not people lying on their mental health, talking about they got mental disorders so they can be a part of groups. People lying about their emotional health so they can be part of groups. People lying about their emotional health so they can have people fall into uh, physical sins. You see what I'm saying? People be lying about lying stuff just to satisfy their selfishness. Become your best self. Hey, I'm gonna stop looking handicapped and actually do for myself and make things happen. Number 11, how to stop lying to yourself. Only eat what God puts on your plate. Don't try to add anything else. People be trying to uh, look good. So what they do is they try to add more to their plate. If I can just get four jobs, maybe I can afford that. I can now afford that Mercedes now. And you over there tired and halfway broke eating bologna and cheese sandwiches, but you got a fully clean Mercedes outside paying eight, paying a, paying a plan of paying a mortgage on a car so that when people drive, when you drive by people, people look, think that you wealthy when you're not. So how to stop lying to yourself is stop adding more unnecessary burdens into your life and only eat what God gives you. I love the verse that says, Father, don't make me poor that I steal and don't make me rich where I leave you. Some of us are where we are because God knows this is the best place for you. But but Josh, I want filet mignon. Man, at least you got some ground beef, bro. All you got to do is get some rice, get some of that ground beef and make you some kind of something, some hamburger helper. You see what I'm saying? Listen, I don't care if your life gets all the way down to ramen noodles. That's better than what three-fourths of the population is eating. Only eat what God has on your plate. Don't ask for no more and don't ask for no less digest what's on your plate, ingest, and then digest. I think it's what it is. Number 12, how to stop lying to yourself and I'm done. Realize that pressures make, pressure makes diamonds. Don't exit the process. Don't lie to yourself and saying, well, I guess I'll get out of this process. No, 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 no. Pressure makes diamonds. Embrace the process. It's the process that leads to success. I pray this message was a blessing to you. I pray that it really had you self-examine yourself. And look at your heart and realize the areas that you are lying to yourself about because you're not going to be successful in your singleness. You're definitely not going to be successful in a marriage. You're definitely not going to be successful in your calling if you have a habit of lying to yourself for convenience, for comfortability, for to be comfortable, to boost self-confidence, to remove culpability, et cetera, et cetera. You have to allow the truth to hit you hard. I'd rather be hit by hard truth than to be kissed by a lie. I'd rather be hit with a hard truth than kissed softly by a lie. Now, the activity that I have for those who are a part of my course at lifework.teachable.com, the, the activity is who are you really? This week, I want you to take a cold, hard look at yourself and really see who you really are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. This exercise will help you to see the holes in your life and the areas you need to improve. Remember, the worst person to lie to is you. Be honest with yourself during this exercise. If you want this, I have a... <clears throat> Two pages, well, activity at the bottom, 
and some more activities on the back. That's on my website there. And plus the holistic plan that you have today, we're going to be talking about this month. We're going to be researching the attribute of God's omniscience. If you want more about <clears throat> this activity and the exercises and the holistic plan that go with it, you can go to my website now, lifework.teachable.com. Um, and then that will help you. Now let's get to some Q&A. I got time for maybe 20 to 30 minutes of some good questions. So I'm going to give you all some time um, to get your questions ready. Um, share this video. Let your friends know, hey, he's asking questions right now. Get in. Uh, hit the like button. Share. Let's let's get this video with some momentum. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Aline says, hey, coach, I sent my vision board to your email. Hope all is well. Thanks for the videos. Can you talk about how to deal with the friend who takes out their anger from stress on you? For example, they have a lot on their plate that they are being a steward over this year. But instead of talking about it or taking some some alone time, they tend to have a bad attitude and are short-tempered. That's what having unnecessary stuff on your plate does. It makes you uh, become out of your personality. It makes you uh, emboldened um, with unnecessary emotions and stress. So what I would tell you, Aline, in regards to your friend, is this might be the opportunity for you to distance in presence, but not don't but don't distance in yourself in prayer. This may be a time where uh, you have to distance yourself in proximity, but stay in connected by prayer because what you should never be is somebody else's punching bag based upon the pressures that they put on their own life. Never be a punching bag to a person who is putting on themselves unnecessary pressure. What you do is you distance yourself in, in, in presence. Don't get so caught up in nostalgia of your friendship. Don't get so caught up on the history of your friendship. You got to be able to understand that no friend should come before your self-care. No care for a friend should come before your self-care. When caring for a person affects your self-care, you need to care less. Not care less completely, but you got to start lessen, lessening your care for them so that you can be caring for yourself. Because the more you stay in the gap, you start getting hit for no reasons and you don't deserve that. So right now, <clears throat> she's not operating friendly. And uh, people who are not friendly are not fit to be friends. They may be a friend again, but they not may, they may not be the friend within, friend right now. And that's okay. So what you do is you distance yourself in proximity, but you stay close by prayer. Don't cut the rope, especially if it's a friend that God has given you. Don't cut the rope. Like I said in previous videos, just lifting the rope. Lifting the rope means if I feel the tug, I'm far enough not to be dragged off the cliff that you're on. But I feel enough tug for you not to completely fall off. But I'm far enough from the cliff so I don't fall off. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm close enough to draw you out of the ditch, to draw you out if you need me. So what that means is... Uh, remove yourself in proximity, stay close in prayer. And this is how you pray for a person. Heavenly Father, I pray that they come into a revelation on why they are what they, where they are. I pray, Father, Father God, that you will give them the right amount of goodness that will draw them to repentance, that will put them in the right place they need to be so that they can relinquish and release the unnecessary things in their life so they can walk and, and rest. That's how you do that. And because, because if you don't, you're going to try to be in the fight with them and you find yourself getting hit by a stray fist. Hey, coach. Oh, you said, OK. Can you talk about how to deal with a friend who takes out the anger from or from stress on you? Uh, for example, they have a lot on their plate, but they are being a steward over this year that they are being a steward over this year. But instead of taking talk, talking about it or taking some alone time, they tend to have a bad attitude. Listen, <clears throat> don't let nobody else's bad attitude cause you to fall in bad altitude. 
No, 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 no. Don't allow nobody's attitude to defect your altitude. If you feel yourself feeling low, feeling stressed, feeling burdened, that means that person's attitude is affecting your altitude. You're supposed to go higher, not lower. <clears throat> so what I would advise you to do <clears throat> is, just, is just to distance yourself. You don't have... It, you don't necessarily have to have a community conversation. When she recognized the distance and she start asking why you're so distant, that's when you communicate why you distance yourself. But let her know that this whole time that you felt the distance, I've been close in prayer for you and I'm praying for you. But I've been feeling that lately your stress has affected my rest and it's keeping me from being my best. And that's all you got to do. Let's keep going. Tywell Spencer says, hey, coach, is it wrong or shallow to want to be attracted to your mate? No. You are attracted to what you're attracted to. God is an artist. God knows exactly who, uh, who, or what you're attracted to, who you're attracted to, and it's not shallow. You just got to make sure there's substance on your list. Your whole list for a mate cannot just be shallow. Your list has to have some substance. You got to look at the spirit, soul, mind, and body of a person, uh, accomplishments of a person, stewardships of a person, money management of a person. You got to look at more substance. And so the shallow, a shallow person's list is all looks. Uh, this, uh, a, a, a person of, of, of purpose is looking thoroughly and sifting through to make sure that person is for them. And, and they're not going to welcome anybody that God doesn't welcome in their life. So is it wrong um, to like what you like? You like you like height. You like this certain type of height, you like a certain type of weight, you like a certain type of attribute. Nothing wrong with that. But make sure you have within your list, not just uh, quote unquote superficial things, but substance things, things of substance where you're able to say, hey, I want a person that's faithful to God. I want a person that fears God. I want a person that's gentle, kind, loving, patient, full of self-control. But as you write that on that list, I want you to look at every attribute on the list outside of the height and stuff and the color. And I want you to ask yourself, do I match the substance that I would like to have in my life? Do I match it? Because most people, they lack, they're trying to latch on things that don't match. They're trying to latch or they, they, they want to uh, uh, have this <clears throat> ideal person, but they haven't materialized into that person. Why would God bring you and 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 and, and uh, connect you with a person that you don't match? We're not talking about y'all the same height, the same color. We're not talking about attraction. We're talking about attributes. We're not talking about attraction. You got to have on your list with attractions, put attributes that you're attracted to, and then say, are these attributes applicable in my life? So it's not shallow to like what you like. You like what you like. And don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Don't make your grandmother, don't make your mind be like, well, she's cute. At least she, no, no, you like what you like. Looks is not everything, but it's some things. You see what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Beauty does fade. So what happens is the, 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 the initial attraction draws you, but the attribute keeps you. Because because that attribute will keep you falling in love when that person, not beauty phase, but when their beauty uh, 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 um, grows. You see what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, they're not going to look like they was at when you met them, 27, 28, 30, or 40, whenever you met them, always. But you will begin to, oh, the attraction brought to them, but it's your attributes that helped you continue to grow in love with them despite the wrinkles, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not shallow like what you like. Uh, just make sure that you, what you like is also in you in attribute form. Great questions. Oh man, I scroll down again. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Simply Inna says, how do you discern if it isn't, oh, 
How do you discern if it is God's punishment for God's or God's protection in singleness? When you've been single for many years, it is is it possible to have missed God's will resulting in long-term singleness? Good question. Let's break it down. Um, God doesn't punish sin as a sin does it. God don't have no God has no need to punish you. He punished his son. So God doesn't punish us. Our sins already do that. Our bad decisions do that. That's what punishes us. The consequence of our own sin. Um, um, everything, all of God's wrath was emptied on Jesus. The rest is being compiled into judgment day on those of disbelief. But when it, God doesn't punish, God chastens. Punishment means I sent this evil in your life. I sent this in your life to teach you a lesson. No, um, I'm teaching you a lesson by pruning you. And if you don't cooperate with the pruning phase, what you practice sinfully will be the punishment only that you brought on your own self. There's not one punishment that God brings on people. It's the punishment of our sins. It's our sins that punish us. All the consequences that we had in life came from sinful habits that materialize into consequences. So you got to change the way you think. God doesn't punish us. God chastens us. Punishment means I beat you. I scold you. I put a cancer on you. I put disease on you. I do all that. No, no, no. God don't need to do all that. He, you don't want to follow me. My sins will punish you. Pruning is different than punishment. Punishment means I did, you did that. So now what I do is punishment. No, but because I did that to my son, that punishment that was meant for you was on him. What I'm doing now is pruning and it feels like punishment. It feels like pain. No, it is God teaching you. It's God grooming you. It's God pulling you away from your idols. That pain you feel is the tear between you and your idol. So you're thinking God is bruising you and beating you and scolding you. No, he's just pulling you off your idol. And that's that's what happens when you get pulled off your idol. You start kicking and screaming. You start hurting. You start like, God, I ain't never felt this pain before. So God doesn't punish. He prunes. Now, how do you discern if it's God's punishment? It is God's protection is evident in a lot of different ways. Uh, but but God's protection, um, um, uh, how can I put it? Um, is basically, despite your kicking and screaming, despite your plea, he stays quiet. Despite your anger, despite your animosity, he stays consistent because he knows this will benefit you in the end. But but because you're free will, you can do what you want to do. And that's where the punishment comes. It's the punishment from the taskmaster, the slave master, which is our which our sins that we choose to practice in. Because we're no longer slaves to sin anymore. But because we have a slave's mentality, we find ourselves operating in sins often that then brings unnecessary consequences on us. When you've been single for many years, is it possible to have missed God's will? No. Um, don't get me wrong. There could be, you could miss opportunities within God's will, but there is still some will left is what I'm saying. Um, what I was supposed to do at 23, I could still do it now, but 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 I'm married now. I'm older. You see what I'm saying? I may not be able to do it at the level of youth that I could have. And that's 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 the issue that we have to think about is that uh, there are some things that we're supposed to do in our youth that marriage and children and life can kind of keep us from really being effective in. Your next layer is, is it possible to have missed God's will resulting alone? No. Um, uh, right now, you determine if you're going to be long term single. Uh, and, and you got to look at your life and take responsibility and say, what am I practicing right now that is punishing me and keeping me away from living the life that I want to live? That's what you got to do. Look in the mirror and say, what am I doing 
because it's not God punishing you. It's the sins that we practice that's punishing us. Hope that. Thank you, Coach. Much appreciate you. So welcome. Good. Oh y'all, y'all talking. All right. <clears throat> um, time for a few more, and I'm done. Adri- Andrea says, "How do you decipher conviction from from God versus manipulation from the devil?" Great question. Um, conviction is the warning of something. Um, you sh- don't do that. That's going to do this. That's conviction. Conviction will always precede sin. The Holy Spirit will prick our hearts, will let us know, will make us aware. Um, he will He will uh, warn us. He will say, hey, don't do that. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, those who do not adhere to connect conviction fall into the consequences of the sin that the conviction will try to warn us from. And then that consequence uh, for those who don't have clarity about their sonship or daughtership in God will fall into condemnation. Those who are clear on the things of God, that they, they will reach back out to God and say, God, obviously there's an area in my life that I have yet to repent from. And there's probably this area, there's an area in my life that I've yet to give over to you to renew my mind in. So God, I'm opening my this area of my life in any area of my life for you to renew me so that I won't practice this thing again. So this thing won't come upon me again. And that the Holy Spirit don't need to even try to convict me in that area because I have allowed him to help me become a master in that area. Um, but when it comes to manipulation of the devil, um, that's torment. <clears throat> torment, you know, is of God. You know a voice. You know whose voice it is based upon the presence you feel with that voice. God doesn't rush. God's presence is peaceful. The devil's presence or demonic presence is pressuring. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. You ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. Why not do that? Did God truly say? Did God really say? And so what he does, he has to be entertaining his voice by a tree that God wants you to stay away from instead of being available and accessible in the cool of the day when God wants to walk with you. And so many people, they get so caught up being around trees, being around things they shouldn't be around, listening to voices that's pressuring them, making them disbelieve in what God has really said to them instead of being where God's present, we can walk in the cool of the day. And so what you have to understand is the conviction of God and, 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 and the torture of the devil are two different and they're distinguished by presence. You can hear it in your mind when it's calming and peaceful. The devil's presence can never be peaceful. It's a false sense of vanity and vanity can feel peaceful. The alluring of a fantasy, the alluring of what could be. And that's what got Eve messed up. She began, you know, when you look off the tree right here, the devil right here, she probably looked off over here and saw everything that he vividly said to her. And it became such a fantasy that became so real that she forgot what God said to her. So she entertained the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the fantasy instead of embracing the reality. And then, she, then the fantasy disappeared and her reality was not the garden anymore. So what you have to do is say, God will always warn me before I do a thing. He says with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. The devil tries to at least get you in the door because he knows once you're in the door, what's in the room is too overwhelming for you to escape. But God saying, man, the best way not to fall into temptation is to never enter it. And you never enter it by trusting the spirit that's in you. Hope that. Simply enter. You're so welcome. Simply enter says, coach. There is no link to print the lecture notes on life work. You're right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me go there right now. I, I don't know if I did or not. I surely didn't. Give me one second. I'm so sorry, y'all. Let me go there. Let me make it. Let me make it right right now. While I got you here. 
Uh, wow, y'all people signed up right now. <clears throat> All right, let me go to my let me go to my course. Uh, purpose of singleness. Almost there, y'all. Uh, curriculum. I sure didn't. Damn. You're right. All right, let me make it downloadable for you. Okay, that's downloadable. That's downloadable. All right, it's downloadable. Thank y'all so much. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry it wasn't down there. Thank you for letting me know. Um, it's available now. Go. Uh, let me refresh it. All you got to do is refresh it, refresh that link, and they're downloadable now. Thank y'all. I love technology that you can be able to fix something in a matter of less than a minute. That's powerful. All right, let's see here. I got time for a couple more. Three, two or three more. Let's see. All right. Okay. Yes, the attribute keeps you. Oh, y'all talking, y'all talking to each other. You're an amazing man. Thank you for sharing. Oh, God gets the glory. Thank you, thank you. Oh, wow, I did not know that. I thought the other way makes sense. Oh, y'all, okay. God is pulling you from your idol. That's right. Hi, I'm feeling more lonely in need of companionship. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hi, I'm feeling more lonely in need of companionship. How can I remedy that? Um. Loneliness is an illusion um, because you're never really alone. Um, it's the lack of recognition that makes you feel the effects or makes you feel lonely. What I mean by that? When when God becomes old news or when God doesn't become as your sole source of everything, when God begins to fail in your mind to be enough, you begin to look for other stuff. You begin to look for stuff in the rough. That's what happens. God doesn't want you to find stuff in the rough when he's enough. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is um, when, when he is not your ultimate companion, you begin to long. Now, it's a difference between being human and being overly human. Being human, you're going to naturally have moments when you're going to be like, God, I really would like somebody. But you got to understand the difference between uh, Eve in Jesus, even Adam and Jesus, when 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 they had the opportunity to not do it, they did it. When Jesus had the opportunity not to do it, he did it. You see what I'm saying? So when Adam and Eve had the opportunity not to do it, but did it, they bit from the tree, they ate from it, disobeyed God, and look where they end up. They began, they felt themselves separated from God. But because Jesus um, didn't want, he said it like it's evident. He says, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But before the sentence was finished, he says, but not my will, thine will. That's when you know you in a realistic, thrive relationship with God. When you're able to say, God, if you can take this cup of singleness from me, take it from me. But God, in the same breath, not my will, but thine will. That's when you know you in a healthy relationship with God. Because you're human. You're going to be human. You're going to have human moments. Jesus had a human moment. He was like, man, take this cup from me. He was, he was sweating drops of blood, which is the extreme form of stress. So meaning that he didn't really want to do that. But he had enough uh, a connection with the father that was evident in him, often going to the mountain to pray, often going alone to pray, often separating from disciples to go pray. He had such a close fellowship with the father that when he was weak, now, before that sentence was finished, before the ink dried, when you thought that was a period, it turned into a semicolon. And he said, not my will, but thine will. You remedy that by making God your remedy. 
And when God becomes enough for you and God becomes everything for you, then when you five weak moments, there's something of substance in you. There's something of God's faithfulness towards you that makes you look at that sentence and say, but God, not my will, thine will. So you got to ask yourself, what was the conceptions? What con- what conceived, uh, what got married, came together and conceived this thought in your mind? Why do you feel alone? Has God lost his beauty to you? Has God lost his awe to you? Have you lost uh, an awareness of your uniqueness? Because it, 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 those who are, those who allow God's perfect love to cast out the fear in their heart are productive people. Perfect love makes you productive because you're backed by love. It's easy to be productive when you got endorsers. And because God is your greatest endorser, it, it, it motivates you to work without pressure of funding it yourself because you already have a funder. And when you understand that, you will say, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to allow this moment of weakness to weaken myself for a season. I'm going to actually embrace the love of God and get productive in my purpose. That will distract you from being lonely because you'll recognize I'm not alone. Okay, God, you here. What's up? What can we do? But when God no longer becomes enough, you start looking for the wrong stuff in the rough. Listen, you are the diamond in the rough. You know, he don't want you looking for diamonds in rough. He was, you was a diamond in the rough that he got out and brought within his presence to let you know, or is trying to reveal to you how enough he is for you, that he's enough for you in his singleness and that he's working on your boo thing. He's working on your boo as he's working on you. So as he's working on your boo and working on you, work on what he wants you to do and you'll be all right, boo. <laughs> I had to, I had to put uh, no offense, you know. My wife, my wife's my only boo. I was just putting that for the rhyme scheme. You know what I'm saying? So my fault about that. But you feel what I'm trying to say. Hope that. Oh, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Uh, there we go. Why can't you have peace without the religions of said God? Uh, let's see. High Consciousness TV says, why can't you have peace without the religions of said God? Um, religion, um, is a word that has been thrown out with the bathwater. Um, religion has been a perverted term and it's been perverted because people don't want boundaries. <laughs> we, we live in a world where people just don't want boundaries. They want relationship, but no vows. No, there is no marriage um, that is successful without boundaries. There's nothing in life that's successful without boundaries. You have to have boundaries. Now we're talking about the Bible says pure and undefiled religion is this. Those who keeps themselves clean, keeps themselves unspotted from the world and takes care of the widows and orphans in need. That's the religion that God wants us to go by, to remain unspotted from the world and take care of those in need. That's God's boundary for us to thrive in relation with him. So um, you you will not be able to find peace without God. Now, there could be a religious structures that makes it impossible. And Jesus went into the temple and beat and beat these people. You see what I'm saying? That 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 tried that made it hard for people to worship God, that that the money changers. See, that type of religion is now. There's money changes in church right now. All they care about is your money. All they care about is keeping you from true worshiping God. And they're trying to divert your worship away from the living God to them. You see what I'm saying? They want your worship to be diverted to the worship leader and a worship preacher. That type of religion will stifle your peace. But 
but but the but the religion, the faith of God, faith to him brings peace because he's the only one that gives peace. You see what I'm saying? He's the only one that can. It's not an artificial peace, it's the original peace. So there is religiosity that takes away peace, but the Bible says uh true religion is this is to remain unspotted from the world and to take care of those in need. Um, but the world has clearly shown, not the world, but this earth has clearly shown that there was an artist. Um, there's not a painting in this world, there's not a building in this world that does not give an illusion or it does not give some type of idea in the mind of a person that there was a person that drew this, painted this, or built this building. So when you begin to look out in the world and you begin to recognize the artistry of, of this being, all you got to do is look up to heaven and say, whoever you are, reveal yourself to me. And I promise you'll find peace then because God, that kind of God, that God, the real true God, the one that created you, the one that created this world, the one that fearfully made you wonderfully, he will respond to you. But if your heart is hard, and you want to, and I'm not saying you, but if a person's heart is hard and they just want to ask questions to try to uh, 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 tear down a belief system, uh, then you'll never know God. That type of heart, a hard heart would never find a holy God. It would never find a help for God. But if that question is asked in genuine sincerity, all you got to do is open up. Don't even open up your front door. Just look out your window and say, whoever you are, reveal yourself to me. And I bet you within the next 24 to 48 hours, maximum two weeks, you will meet God. I promise you. And when you meet him, you will feel a peace you never felt before because he will stand right there between you and your well and say, hey, this water you've been drinking from only quenches your thirst temporarily. But if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. I dare you to look out the window and ask that, per ask that person from the sincerity of your heart to reveal himself. I guarantee it. He'll reveal himself. Uh, top of the evening, I have been celibate for years. Congratulations, my friend. I'm feeling my strength, Wayne. Oh, man. That's all I got, y'all. I got I got like I said in my points, I have to listen to myself. Uh, coach worked all day, had a ref a basketball game, had to go to a, a spend time with my nephew for his birthday. And now I preached an hour and 43 minutes. <laughs> Today was a long day. I did a video yesterday. I did a video to, uh, Monday. I mean, uh, I did a video, uh, three videos this week, hooped all this week. So I got to be wise and take care of my body, but I love y'all. I pray this video was a blessing to you. Um, um, I'll probably do another live Q&A sometime this weekend, if not early, the top of the week. Um, everything you know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, Aaron, your question is, I feel like God just wants me to answer that when I've got to go. How to get back in church after falling away? Um, you have to understand, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to be part of a church if you're, if, if you're, how can I put this? Um, It's hard to fellowship with people in a building made by man if you don't have fellowship in the building made by God. Um, it's hard to fellowship with other believers if there's disbelief in you or unbelief in you. Oh, excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to be hard to fellowship with other believers if you don't believe um, because you'll keep falling away. Um, there's a group of people that God has called you to 
called you for, called you to and called you for, depending on your maturity, called you to, to be matured, called you for, to help mature. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. That's group people in a community where I'm called to, to aid and help. And as a group that I'm called for, to aid, to be aided and helped by, you know what I'm trying to say? So, uh, I would simply just ask God, where am I supposed to be? Uh, but it's within the fellowship within this vessel in this building that will help you fellowship with other believers, no matter what building you are in, because no matter where you are, you're the church, but we're talking about a collective body of people where God has institutionalized, not institutionalized, but has structured for the building of your faith, for your growing in maturity and for you understanding his word, that would be a place that he sends you to, to be sent to and to be sent for. Some people, you may you may find yourself one of the mature ones in the body. It doesn't mean that, that God doesn't have a nucleus of people that will help sharpen you and help grow you, but you may be called to be uh, a layman, uh, called to be a person to help grow the church and help the church thrive, not just grow it in membership, but grow it in discipleship. And so what I would do is, is ask yourself, uh, why did you leave that church? Is it the church you're supposed to be at? If not, um, uh, fellowship with God inwardly until God reveals you to the fellowship of believers you're supposed to be a part of, and then he'll teach you how to go from there. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, all these books are on my website um, that will kind of help you on your journey with God. The Purpose of Singleness is in my book bag. I took it to work to kind of read through um, on my breaks. Um, but this book, Dating Prep, is a book to help you date yourself and the love of your life forever. This book, World War Me, is a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. Um, this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, is a book on soul ties and strongholds. My other book, uh, The Purpose of Signal, is the book that spawned this course I wrote three years ago. It's a book um, for people who endeavor to be whole and maximize their singles. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. T-shirts up under the video. T-shirts up on the website. Books on the website. Card games on the website. Got a card game for dating prep. I got a card game uh, to help you memorize scripture. Uh, courses on my website, of course. Um, you can give to support. I, I think someone did give on here. I don't know if uh, that was a question. Thank you, Coach, for all your help. Thank you so much. Simply enough for giving. We really appreciate it. Um, all that good stuff. Our mentoring program starts mid-February. So if you want to give the support, our mentoring program, we need, we would love to have um, um, uh, snacks and food for them, but we want to make sure we pay for our resources and potentially a field trip at the end of our, out of our 10 week or 12 week um, uh, mentoring program. If you want to learn more about our mentoring program, you go to, you can go to propel CLT on Instagram, or you can go to, uh, uh, we propel.education. We prepare.education is our website, and you see everything that we do there. I love y'all. Coach gonna go get some rest. Coach is tired, um, but he's gonna renew my strength like the eagle. I know he's gonna bring rest to my soul. He's gonna give me sweet sleep tonight. I have served him well, and now I'm gonna go get uh, rest for my wellness. And I uh, hope this mess was a blessing to you. Um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See you next time. Uh, peace. <laughs>